So, I was thinking, okay, we got a lot of player movement going on, and we don't know who's going where. It's a lot of news that the Pelicans are fully committed to Zion now, that the Bulls are um, are are they might keep Zach Levine. Damian Lillard is staying in Portland. Um, and, and it's a long list of, of smoke and mirrors of teams saying, I stand by my guy. Uh, that's my man, and I'm staying beside him. That's all <laughs> going on, right? But I'm calling bullshit on a lot of it, Chance. So you know what I think we should do? I want to do a, I want to do a draft, okay? All Let's right. do a a draft in order and you can go first. I can go first. I don't care. You, uh, whatever, uh, on like players that we think are most likely to be traded this off season. I love it. There's a lot of potential names on here. So I've got a little big board here. We're going to go through, I've got a lot of names, so we'll see how many of mine get sniped by you. But, um, who, who do you want to go All first? Right. You want me to go ahead and lead us off? You, you know what? You can go ahead and go first. All right. So my first one, we've talked about him a lot in the past or this team a lot in the past, but I'm going Anthony Simons for the number one, most likely to get traded. Oh God, he was on my list. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't first, but he was like second. So that's a good one. I'm going, I'm going with Simons as most likely because I think regardless of which direction the Blazers go, he doesn't necessarily fit. So if they decide that they want to commit to Dame, like they're going to run with Dame and Scoot and see if they can win now, Simon's being undersized, he doesn't necessarily fit with that backcourt. So they would still want to build around, you know, Dame and Scoot. So they would still need to get some value for Simon's in that way. So if they're win now, he doesn't necessarily fit. But still, even if they're rebuilding, they got Scoot, they got Shaden Sharp in the backcourt. Simon's already on a second contract. It's not a bad contract. He gets around $20 million a year. Like It's reasonable, it's tradable. They could get assets for that. So if they're rebuilding, I think they'd still want to go with you know younger guys on that first contract still as well. So I think this is a guy that I would be shocked if he's actually with the Blazers when the season starts because I think either way they go, he's a guy that could be on the way out. And I think they could get some real value for him um, either way. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, obviously. I mean, like it's 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 either way because you, you've got two lead guards. If they that's who they're gonna stay with, if they're gonna stay with Scoot and Dame, then you got Simons out there, which you can flip and go out and get some more defense on that team because that's where their weakness is, right? They need yeah. more defense. I love the I love Shaden Sharp. I'm, I expect him to take a leap this year. They're, mm-hmm. they're probably gonna re-sign Jeremy Grant. And bring him back. But if they can flip Simons for maybe uh, a, a more serviceable big versus uh, uh, to maybe take away from some of those Nurk minutes, I think that just makes sense. But either way they go, I mean, even if they blow it up and then they uh, they move Dame, uh, I definitely could see them moving Simons for another young piece that's a, on the wing or something else. So good pick. All right. Thanks, man. See if you can mm-hmm. top it. All right, here's my next one. Um, dude, I'm for my second pick. Well, this is, can I this is your first pick, right? Oh, excuse me. For my first pick, I'm going to choose two guys, and they're on the same team. Okay? I'm cool with uh, that. Just because it's they're on the same team. I'm choosing Miles Turner and Buddy Hill because – their name has has been floated around almost as long as John Collins' name has. And 
And so to me, that obviously tells me, I think that Indiana did re-sign Miles Turner, but I'm not sure that they re-signed him as, oh, we want him here long-term, more so as they re-signed him as, oh, we don't want to lose an asset. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about Miles Turner. And then Buddy Hield, Buddy Hield has been trying to leave Indiana for a while now. <laughs> so, yep. uh, and I don't think it's really a secret. So, uh, I've got them as uh, collectively as number two on my big board. Yeah, I like it. I think, I definitely think Hield is more likely. Um, I'd be shocked if Buddy Hield doesn't end up getting traded over the next calendar year for sure. I feel like that's something that has been inevitable for a while. Um, they want to get a little younger. They're kind of in that in between rebuild stage at this point. Turner, a while back, I thought it was a done deal. Like, there's no way he's going to stay with Indiana. But I feel like they've kind of, like, reconnected and rekindled the flame a little bit. So that one I'm a little more iffy on. But I could also see a situation where they do go ahead and try to maximize the asset that they have now. They just got him on the new contract. So I could see that one going either way. Um, I like the idea of packaging them together. I think I've got a couple that will fit that criteria also. Um, so I think that's a solid way to lead us off there, Zach. Mm-hmm. All right. Who you got? So with my second pick, I'm going with... Someone who, according to his own words, when you look back on his NBA career, you're going to say that he changed the game. And that's Carl Anthony Towns. Stop stealing my picks. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm the Timberwolves, I trade him just off of his comments on that podcast alone. I'm like, there's no way I want you on my team Well, man, you know he's the greatest shooting big man of all time. Greatest shooting big man. He changed the game. Um, their playoff, you know, them making the playoffs is more impressive than the Nuggets winning the title. These are all very legitimate quotes by Carl Anthony Towns. But see, so. this is stop. Let's stop the draft real quick for a second. This <laughs> is why everybody don't need to be on these podcasts, okay? Because some of these folks get on this podcast and start talking crazy. <laughs> I, I kind of like it because then you can really identify who's crazy and who who are the real ones. So um, yeah, like hearing guys like on the JJ Reddick podcast, they always do really good at getting these good guests. Maybe one day we'll be able to to get some guys like that, and we can help identify who's real and who's fake. But I think just based on those comments alone, I'm like, you got to get him out of here. But I think yeah. it makes sense at the end of the day, like the Towns and Gobert pairing. It had its moments, but at the end of the day, it wasn't exactly what they were looking for, and it just was never a great fit. Towns is the more valuable asset. As much as we like to clown on him, he is very talented. And I think right. he could help a lot of teams. They could get some real draft capital. Maybe there's even a situation where a trade with them and from my number one pick, Anthony Simons, maybe if Portland does want to try to win now, there's been talks about this, maybe send Towns to Portland. Um, I think a Dame-Towns pairing would actually be really lethal on the offensive end in particular. Yeah. But so if I'm, that could be if, a situation. But if I'm Minnesota, I'm getting Scoot back. I'm getting Scoot with Simons. Scoot, yeah. Simons. And probably toss me in another pick because Towns is still an all-star. He's got a lot of value. Yeah, he's got a lot of value. Um, And I definitely think that a a deal like that would work. Uh, But like, dude, the writing's on the wall. The uh, the Timberwolves just re-signed Nas Reed, and you sit there and you look at it. They're going to be paying Nas Reed, uh, uh, Rudy Gobert, and Carl Anthony Towns in 2023, and you're. You're going to have all this cap space locked up. I think it's around ninety million centers. or so in just those three. Yeah, like ninety million yeah. out of the hundred thirty-six million dollar cap in just those three big men. Dude, this is not the Shaq era where everybody had right. four or five centers on a roster. So, uh, so yeah, I'm the writing's on the wall for Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I would be honestly shocked if he is not traded by the end of the trade deadline. 
um, mm-hmm. or the, uh, 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 you know, and I'd even give it to the playoffs. I mean, or I'd even give it to the end of uh, next season, but I, I don't think he's there long term. Yep. Definitely. Who you got for your second pick? Oh, all right. So you just picked Towns. Let me take him off my list. All right. Next on my list, dude, I've got I've got Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. I've got Zach Levine. And and honestly, and I've got his teammate too. I don't know if I want to package them two together. Um, but the Bulls are in a situation where they've got to do something. They got you. All the reports are Lonzo Ball is not going to play another season, right? And so, and yep. unfortunately, the way it is, his money is still sitting on their on their books. They've got to go sign a point guard because they don't have Lonzo. However, like his money is still there, right? And he's still taking up a roster spot. Um, there's some stuff they can do. They can get exemptions and things of that sort. However, that's still an issue of they plan to have a successful team around Lonzo, Levine, and DeMar DeRozan. Um, but last year proved not to be that without Lonzo. And I don't mm-hmm. think anything is going to be any different with that same team. And if I'm in that front office, Chance, I'm looking at like, okay, what can we do to get better? in the framework of this new CBA that has gotten tighter and we already are in a cap crunch because we've got this guy who can't even play for us um, on, on the roster. And so like, I feel like they're really put into, they're, they're put into a corner here. Right. Um, yep. And so, um, and so like, to me, I, I really think it's the only way of getting out of this is by trading Zach Levine and even looking at trading DeMar DeRozan as well. Yeah, I think the Bulls, we were kind of caught on this during the season last year. Like, clearly they were not going anywhere. It was time to, you know, make some sort of move. And they just kind of stood pat and, you know, let the deadline go by. And now, you know, we've get to the situation where they're not a playoff team, but they're not necessarily a fully bottomed out team either because Zach Levine and DeRozan are too talented. And even Vucevic, if they do decide to bring him back. Um, I'd even add Caruso to this list as well as a guy that could be traded. You kind of heard his name, you know, during the deadline as well as a guy that's just a great valuable piece that could benefit any of the other 29 teams in the league. And they could get a future first round pick for a guy like Caruso. So they sure could. The Bulls are definitely a team that I think could be active. Um, yeah, get, go ahead and get some future picks for these guys that, you know, Levine and DeRozan. DeRozan, I feel like just, you know, is not aging at all, despite being, you know, in the league for so long. He's got that game that is just so smooth still to this day, and I think he could help a lot of teams. So definitely expect the Bulls to be active, and I could see any of those two or, or three guys getting moved for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and if I'm the Bulls GM, man, I'm looking at, like, we, you know, we talked about Vucevic um, on the last pod, right? Like, like even if I'm uh, the Bulls, I'm looking at, can I work a deal out with a playoff team who needs a big to do like a sign and trade deal for Vucevic? Right. Right. Like, like you think of, you know, I'm sure there's teams out there. I mean, I could think even like locally, could you talk Dallas and getting rid of a, maybe some, some, some future seconds um, just so I can get some more draft capital and then I can help them get a, a get a, another big to add to their rotation. Right. Like, like if you could do something like a sweetener, just so you you don't lose him for nothing. And then you go on and you dump Caruso, you dump DeRozan, you mm-hmm. dump Levine by the end, by the end of it, dude, you could end up with a lot of assets and, and, and put yourself in a place to where you can really change your franchise. However, the only thing is, I think they did trade up some, uh, a few of those picks for Vucevic's. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure that 
that tanking is going to serve them well because I think they might owe some picks for Vooch. Um, yeah, I know they've still been trying to get out of those um, recently, so I'd have to pull up what their what their pick situation is looking like. It looks like they still have their own, so that might have been it. It doesn't look like they have any more picks going out to Orlando. So um, they've got one going to San Antonio, but it's top 10 protected. So they, for the most part, control their own destiny as long as they're bottoming out, but they have to make sure they're actually in that top 10. But um, yeah, I think it's a clear case to go ahead and start rebuilding for them. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's it on? Is it on you or me? It's on you. Yep. Back to me. So I'm going to kind of piggyback off your idea of bundling players. I'm going to go with the magic backcourt in general. So that's Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, and Cole Anthony. So the magic went into the draft. They got Anthony Black, um, versatile point guard, not really a great shooter to go along with all the other not so great shooters in Orlando. So we'll see how that fit goes, but they did counter that by getting an excellent shooter in Jet Howard, another guard. So they went fully backcourt in the draft. They're clearly committed to building those um, those two young guards around Paolo Banquero and around Franz Wagner. So now you find yourself where there's a huge log jam at the backcourt position. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying all three of these guys, Suggs, Fultz, and Anthony, will be on the way out, but at least one or two of them have to be on their way out because they have to make room for these new young guys. And so I'm expecting some big moves to just kind of clear up some space because you don't draft two guys in the lottery to just sit them on the bench and not play them, especially when you're a rebuilding type of team. They want to give them opportunities. Um None in particular that I think are most likely to be traded. You know, I think Fultz has kind of resurrected his career a little Mm -hmm. bit. Obviously, he'll never live up to that number one pick hype that he got. Jalen Suggs, I would say, has been, for the most part, underwhelming um, in his career in his first couple years. And then Cole Anthony, I think, is a guy that could, you know, be a six-man bucket getter off the bench, but not much more than that. So I think a lot of these guys, perhaps even all three, could be on their way out this summer. Dude, I think in the right situation, all three of those guys could be solid backup point guards. Um, uh, it, It just... It just it just depends on the on the situation and the circumstance, but but yeah, that's a good one. All right, chance. Uh, this is a wild card right here, but I'm saying Paul George, man. Paul George been, sticking with it. Yeah, I'm saying Paul George because we have been hearing about his name and a lot of um, trade rumors, and I think Paul George is a guy that can fit well on a lot of teams. Like chance, I can see him on the Memphis Grizzlies. I could see him in a scenario where. Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves trade him for Cat, right, and, uh, and mm-hmm. a package surrounded around that. Um, I could see him going to Portland uh, for a Scoot Henderson package, right? Like, Wouldn't that be like, fun after the situation where Dame put them out with that half-court shot? Oh, yeah. Was like, oh, that's not a good shot, regardless of how you look at that. And now they end up teaming up and going for a ring together. I kind of like that idea. That would be fun. Dude, that would be fun, man. That would be like all the memes that would come from that would be amazing. <laughs> So anytime like, Damian pulls, you just see Paul George to the side. He's like, that's not a good shot. Regardless, that's not a good shot. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, Paul George was kind of right, but I mean, it's Damian. He was, he was definitely right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, hey, when you're Dame and Steph, you can shoot whatever the hell shot you want to shoot. Okay. <laughs> yep. So that's just how it goes. But yeah, Paul George is that type of guy that every team wants. He's a. Uh, He's an elite scorer still at this age that he's at, um, and he's an elite defender still at the age that he's at. And uh, and by all means, he's a good vet, good team player. Um, so uh, I could definitely see a team wooing the Clippers because, look, this Clippers team, it, it, I know in that front office they are tired of this team. They are yep. tired. And if I'm the Clippers and you mean to tell me that Portland is dangling Scoot out there, 
if, if he is on that board, it is no questions for me as a GM. I'm making that trade. Yeah, because I think the big argument for the Clippers is they have this new arena coming um, in 2024. So they want to have a team that is either a contender or at least fun to watch. And if you make this trade, you might not be a contender. But if you get Scoot, and then at that point, you might even go all in and trade Kawhi and just get a bunch of young guys. But they can fill up that arena. Once people see, I think people are going to be surprised about how good Scoot Henderson is and just how dynamic he is. Obviously, he'll make a lot of mistakes on the way, but he's going to be a guy that people will want to pay money to come and see. And so I think that's a situation where they could remain relevant, at least you know, have a fun rebuild, not one of those rebuilds where you just bottom out and no one even wants to watch you. Um, not pointing any names, but Charlotte Hornets. But you're actually a team that is actually fun to watch. You've got some superstars or potential future superstars. So I think that could make sense. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to do a couple right. more? Yep. Um, I will go with, I was kind of deciding how far up and down I wanted to prioritize this guy, but I'm going to go DeAndre Ayton from Phoenix. Mm. I think with the Bradley Bill trade, they've got their clear big three with KD, Bill, and, and Devin Booker. Aiton has kind of been in the rumors for a while now. He obviously got his extension. He had his hiccups with Monty Williams, but now Monty is out. So I could see a situation where they try to keep him as that fourth guy. But at the end of the day, Aiton wants a bigger role. He wants the ball in his hands. There's not going to be enough basketballs to go around with just the three that they have already. So Aiton is not going to get his share that he wants. So if it doesn't happen now, I could see it happening quickly into the season when Aiden realizes like, Hey, this isn't too fun. And a little thing about Deandre Aiden, when things aren't going his way, he is not going to give it his all. He's not going to be playing a hundred percent. So he's not going to be super engaged when he's only getting a few touches per game. So I think it's a situation where it makes sense to give him a new home. And for Phoenix, they have to find a way to fill their roster. They only have, you know, a certain amount of guys, mm-hmm unless they just want to sign all veteran minimum guys. Like if you take a guy like Aiton, who still has, you know, quite a bit of value as a good young center and you get two or maybe three role players for Aiton, you've already got your superstar power. So I think that's a move that can make sense for all sides. Yeah, man. By all reports, I mean, you showed like, so the Suns are quote unquote saying that they're taking Aiton off the market and they're going to roll with Aiton. Um, I don't believe that. I think it's all smoke and mirrors. You saw a report that they denied um, the Mavs trade package, which I understood why they denied it. It was uh, on draft night. It was Tim Hardaway Jr., um, Rashawn Holmes, and JaVale McGee, right? If they would have made, if the Mavs would have maybe said, uh, uh, Reggie Bullock instead of uh, Rashawn Holmes, and then maybe threw in a pick. Um, if I was the Suns, I would probably look at a package like that to where I could get mm-hmm. like three actual legit rotation players and maybe uh, some type of draft conversation, even if it's just a, like a few seconds top top on that. Right. Uh, that would be worth it to you uh, because if you if you know you got three guys that can actually play in playoff minutes. Um, uh, over one, um, that's solid. That's all you need because your team right now is is uh, is is solid from um, a scoring standpoint. That's not what you're right. worried about. You just yeah, need, they don't need any more scores. Yeah, you just need extra legs. So, um, so yeah. So obviously, you know, you know how all this stuff goes. It's all uh, uh, just you know, you know, smoke and mirrors right now. So. Um, so I, I, I do expect DeAndre Aiden to get traded as well at some point. Maybe, you know, maybe not now. Maybe they go into the season. But at some point, I do expect them to trade DeAndre Aiden. Let's do one more. Let's do one more each. Who you? Uh, oh, wait, it's on me, right? Um, yeah, I, I picked Aiden. So, yeah, you'll yep, pick, yep, and then we can do one more each after that. All right. You know who I'm picking? Dude, I'm picking Damian Lillard. All right. Damian Lillard? Here, here's the thing, man. 
we keep hearing his name, and at the end of the day, like, you know, I have been one of Dame's biggest defenders on, um, hey, leave the guy alone. He keeps saying he's loyal. He keeps saying that um, that he's not going anywhere. But now I think it's gotten to the point where, okay, he's putting himself into this box, and he's like, all right, I'm staying in it, you know. But, but at the same time, he's also kind of the one leading this whole media circle around – his name being in trade talks. So when you look at it from that perspective, I think that he really wants out. And at the end of the day, he's going to get close to training camp and rolling that he's got to go play for the Portland Trailblazers one more time. And he's sitting there looking at the 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 nice shining building of uh, of uh, the Miami Heat and seeing that that team is what it is and, and the opportunity to go play with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Uh, I just I think this is the year that that uh that Dame gets traded because even from a Blazers standpoint like when you look at your franchise I understand that you want to stick beside your guy but you have to be a little bit honest with yourself and when you sit there and look at the rest of the Western Conference there is not much that this Blazers team can really do to pull themselves up to the top of the West unless Scoot ends up becoming um like a rookie of the year candidate and just balling out, um, and uh, and and uh, and they also make some other big moves around the fringes to get more talent. But if you're the Blazers, I don't know if that's worth it. I think it might be worth just investing in Scoot, um, and then just uh, rolling the ball out and seeing what happens for the future uh, behind the Scoot Henderson era. Yeah, I think I think it's coming. And we talked about this a little bit on the last pod. It's like both sides kind of know that it needs to come to an end, but no one wants to be the first to say it. I think. If it doesn't happen this summer, I think there might be a situation where they go into the season, they kind of see how the fit is with Dame and Scoot. Maybe they make some minor moves along the way. But by the trade deadline, I do think we'll be in a situation where Portland is, you know, a seven or eight seed at best. They know that, you know, they don't have what it takes. They're not one or two moves away from catching a team like Denver or Phoenix. So at that point, then it's like, okay. Yeah, now it's time to ship them off. I think Miami and Brooklyn are the two obvious front runners. Um, Brooklyn can obviously offer a lot more. They have a lot more draft capital. But if it's up to Dame, I think he'd prefer Miami with Jimmy Butler and Bam. I think that's just a great three-man um, punch that you would have there. So it's interesting to see like what the value will be. You know, what you know? Do they decide to give him his preferred destination of Miami, or do they just take you know? a ton of draft picks from Brooklyn and send him over there to play with Mikel Bridges. Um, it could go either way, but I do think by the end of the season next year, he'll be traded. But I do think there is a situation where maybe they try it out for a couple of months, see how it goes and, you know, decide halfway through. But I'm with you. I think it's just time to, you know, time for the marriage to come to an end. It was a good long run, but ultimately both teams have different or both sides have different agendas at this point. It's time to find something that works for everybody. All right, chance take us home. Who's the last guy you got? So the last guy is actually going to be a lot of guys, and that is going to be any Atlanta Hawk not named Trey Young. So <laughs> so they traded John Collins. They did their salary dump. I mentioned on the last pod, I don't think they're done. There's a lot of guys looking up their roster that I think are tradable assets, starting with Capella, you know, big man making $20 million over the next two years, $20 million a piece over the next two years. I could see them trying to find a place for him. DeAndre Hunter is another one. He has, you know, a lot of years left on his deal, making $20 million a year as well. Um, he's been kind of in rumors for the past year. There were kind of talks of him possibly getting moved at the deadline. He stayed put. Bogdan Bogdanovich is another one, you know, trade him off to a team that just needs some shooting help. And even DeJounte Murray, I've started to see some rumors that they're willing to go ahead and, you know, in that 
that guard pairing of Trey Young and DeJounte. They tried it out. It didn't necessarily elevate either one of them. It wasn't the best fit. Trey Young is not a great off the ball player. DeJounte is better off the ball, but at the end of the day, like he needs the ball in his hands too. I could see him getting moved. So really all of those top guys on Atlanta outside of Trey Young, I could see them moving any of them and just basically trying to hit the reset button and just completely revamp their team and try again. I mean, they were just in the conference finals a couple of years ago. Like they could get back there, but with this team, I feel like it's kind of run its course. They hit their ceiling. And I think one or two, or maybe all of those guys I just mentioned could be on the way out over the next year. And they completely retool their roster. I think they got themselves in a salary cap situation where they're overpaying all these guys with no real clear end in sight, and no real future out in the East. So I'd be shocked if Atlanta doesn't have a lot of fireworks coming up. Chance, do you think we might give up on teams a little too early these days? Like in the past, like back in the 2000s and the 90s and the 80s, like teams were kept together for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. But like, like I don't know if like maybe it's a lot of pressure on GMs now, where where they know that like these owners are going to be quick to fire them if they keep a team together too long. But but sometimes it feels like. Like maybe they are just a couple pieces away that uh, that that they need, and we just don't realize it yet. Do you yeah. feel like? Do you feel that way? Is that or is that is that is that just something I'm out of my mind for thinking that? I mean, I think there's you know some logic to it when you look at a team like Denver and teams like Miami that were in the finals. Like those are teams that built around having the same core group of guys year after year, and um, you know you saw it with the Grizzlies. They've had like their same core. Obviously, they've kind of had some issues over the past year or so, but teams that just kind of keep that same core together. There is something to that with that team chemistry. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the future goes, <laughs> but I think there is something to that. But at the end of the day, like teams are always making moves. Teams are always trying to get better. Phoenix is clearly ready to just throw any pick they have to try to get the next superstar and, and you know, build. And so at the end of the day, like there's going to always be those top level teams that made all the aggressive moves and they're clear cut better. So it's like, do you want to try to build from within and possibly make a conference finals again? Or do you want to go all in or nothing? I think at this point, teams realize you either have to go all in for the win now, or you have to rebuild and go to the bottom. And it's just, it's really hard to be that in between team, especially with the new CBA and how things are structured. Like you really want to find a way to be good, you know, as soon as possible, but not overspend on guys. So I do think there's something to that, but I think it's just a lot different of a league now compared to where it was 20 years ago, where guys were sticking together and staying a while. And maybe the new CBA will correct that because it does make it harder for those luxury tax teams to go out and trade for another guy. So it does incentivize you to build from within because you can resign road players and resign your own draft picks. So maybe the new CBA will help, but it's just it's a competitive league and everybody's making moves. And if you don't keep up, like you mentioned, the strings are really loose. Um, coaches too. If they don't put together a champion, they could be coach of the year, win a championship and they're fired in the next year or two. Like no one's job is safe. And there's a lot of pressure. And I think that's a big part of it too. Touche. Well, see it. <laughs>